and I want to share it with you. And, and my prayer is, is that your hearts will be open to hear and to receive this and that it will be impactful. Uh, we went to a revival last night um, in Shawnee, Shawnee, uh, where, you know, Faith Connection, where we kind of give some oversight to uh, the church there. And they had a fella uh, by the name of Sean Strong there, and I'd never, I'd never heard him minister. I'd heard about his ministry. And um, so we went to visit because I promised uh, uh, the Campbells that I would come to that meeting. And uh, every time I tell them I'm going to go to a meeting, something happens, and I end up not being able to go. So I was determined that no matter what came up, I was going to go. So I, I did and went last night, and we enjoyed the service. And much shorter than what I anticipated. You know, we were out before 9 o'clock, which is not the norm for us. Um, usually I'm in Shawnee, we're out 10.30, you know, uh, somewhere around there. So uh, we were pleasantly surprised. We were able to find a restaurant where we could grab some food afterwards because it was plenty early. But <clears throat> anyhow, uh, the evangelist there, Sean, he, uh, I invited him to come tomorrow. He's going to be with us tomorrow. He's going to testify, tell some of the things that the Lord is doing in his ministry. And then he's just going to hang out for... Uh, for the meeting with us. He's not going to preach tomorrow night necessarily, but, um, but Brother Ruben Villanueva will be preaching tomorrow night. Uh, so uh, come with uh, expectation. But one of the things I thought was amazing was that uh, Sean Strong, uh, before service, uh, they, the, I was introduced to him and he said, uh, he says, you probably won't remember this, he said, but I was in one of your meetings when I was 15 years old. And he said, and it was, uh, it was impactful. It impacted my life and it's affected my life from then on until now. And I thought, dear God, what, what a way to make someone feel old, you know. <laughs> Tell them that, you know, they saw you in there 15. But I figured it out, and I was, I was 22 uh, when uh, he was 15. And uh, so I was, I was still young yet, uh, 22 years old, but I went, it was a youth meeting. Uh, <laughs> of course, there's all kinds of things that were going through my head. It was at a church called Revival for Christ Club, which is still uh, functioning there in uh, Moore, uh, uh, Pastor uh, Timothy Vanover, uh, who's a wonderful brother. Uh, they've got some great things going on there. But I remember, I, I do remember, I was hoping not to be offensive, but I really liked this church because they would do everything. <laughs> Even the announcements were done in a Pentecostal, uh, in a, uh, a Pentecostal, uh, how do you say, uh, uh, well, it was like everybody was preaching all the time. So, I mean, if you had, we're going to be here this week uh, on Monday for prayer. And so join us at 7 o'clock and we're going to have a great time. And on Wednesday, pastor's going to be bringing a word. And that was how the whole service, I mean, everything that they did. I mean, if they were, if they were doing a, a, you know, a, introducing someone. And my mama's here tonight. Praise God. Stand up, mama, and let everybody say, yada, you know. And so I, I thought that was good. I really thought that was great, but what it reminded me of was like WWF, and so I, I started calling the church the WWF church, because not, not, it, was, it wasn't in, you know, negative, I just thought it was cool, and so when I got up to preach there, I was like, I said, I hope y'all don't get offended by this, but I said, I refer to this church as the WWF church, I said, because every time someone gets up, it's like, oh yeah, it's going to be a good night, yeah, oh yeah, and I did my best Randy Macho Man Savage, you know, oh yeah, step into a Slim Jim, you know, it was, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I don't know whether it went over well or not, obviously, you know, it touched Sean, so praise God. But uh, it's, it's, it's amazing uh, that we, we've, come, we've come 10 years. I've been in ministry since I was uh, 16, and, and I'm 50, 53, 53, I think. And uh, is that right? <laughs> and uh, uh, 
man, these britches. Um, I'm 53 years old, and we're seeing God do greater things now than we've ever seen uh, in the entirety of our ministry. So open your Bibles with me. Let's, uh, let's look at some verses of Scripture here. I want you to go to the book of uh, 1 Samuel. <clears throat> what I want to talk about today is uh, the, the, the Lord gave me a, a word for this year. 1 Samuel chapter, uh, oh, chapter something. <laughs> Glory to God. I'll, t- I'll tell you as soon as my Bible app quits asking me if I like it. I think the Bible app has an inferiority complex. <laughs> it's constantly asking me whether or not I like it. <laughs> okay, we like you, Bible app, we like you. 1 Samuel chapter 10, these, these verses of scripture will be familiar to you. What I'm going to, what I felt like the Lord spoke to, I, was, I, I had two dreams, and um, sometimes I have, and I'm not Martin Luther King, but anyway, uh, <laughs> I had two dreams. Sometimes the Lord speaks to me through dreams, and these two dreams, he was speaking to me. I, I dreamt all night long these two nights that I was preaching. And what I was preaching on, the first thing I was preaching on, I was preaching on this uh, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 10. And I was preaching it in this building to you all. And when I woke up, the Lord spoke to me and he said, this is what is is happening in the year uh, 2022, not only for Winner's Church, but anyone who will hear the word of the Lord, anyone who will hear the voice of God for this year. And here's the word. And the word is this, divine appointments and divine connections. Divine appointments and divine connections. Now, it, it seems anticlimactic by itself. So we know what divine... How many of you know what divine appointments and divine connections are? How many of you are unclear? You're like, what does that mean? What it means is God, God in this year, if we will allow it, He is going to connect us to people that are vital to our growth, that are vital to our receiving uh, what God intended for us to have. We have a man coming this week. His name is O. Michael Smith. He'll be here on Tuesday. He'll preach Tuesday night and Wednesday morning. Um, when I met Michael Smith, uh, he's, he's a pastor at a church called Believer's Church International in Defiance, Ohio, which is my hometown. I met, he, he didn't, he's not originally from there. He's from Michigan. But when I met him, uh, he, they were calling him Apostle O. Michael Smith. Now, here's the thing with me. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with titles, but some pe- sometimes people will get a title put on them, like apostle or prophet or pastor or whatever, and the title doesn't fit the call. And how many of you know it doesn't matter? You can, you, can, you can take and you can put yourself in a pan, stick yourself in the oven, and call yourself muffins. That don't make you muffins. Isn't that right? So just because you carry a title doesn't mean it's true. And I didn't know, you know, whether or not this man was really an apostle. In fact, I never even thought twice about it. I thought, well, you know, if, it, if, uh, if, if he's an apostle, it'll all come out in the wash. You know, it, it didn't really matter to me. I've, I honored him as a man of God. I knew he was called of God. I knew he was called of God because he came to my hometown to start a church. I thought, you got to be called of God to come to our hometown and start a church. Uh, many people have tried and failed. And he's been there for all these years, many years. Uh, we'll ask him how, how many years he's been there when he gets here. But anyway, about, about 10, 15 years later, the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, I was at, in fact, I was at home, 
And I was walking out the door, and I was thinking about the apostolic, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord hit me. And I saw a release of the apostolic over uh, uh, the area of my hometown. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to get complicated with this, and people be like, well, what does that mean? Well, for a long time, the apostolic office had seemed to be... Um, didn't seem to be in the forefront of the church. There weren't a lot of people that we could look at and say, now that's an apostle. In fact, most people we called apostles or that we could call apostles were people that were, in the, uh, uh, that were missionaries. So let me say, what is an apostle? The word apostle means sent one. It means a sent one. And the word apostle wasn't a really a religious word back in the, in, when they wrote the New Testament. It wasn't a church word. The word apostle was a political word. It was a, in fact, the, um, the uh, Rome, when Rome would send a representative, they would send a representative and they called them apostles because they were sent ones. They were sent ones. And that term crossed over into the church and we see apostles in the church and they were sent ones, people that were sent by the Lord. But we do also we do also know that along with people that are called to be apostles in the New Testament church, there's an anointing uh, and there's a there's something in them, equipment, a grace or an anointing in them to perform a particular work in the spirit. So someone who's called to be an apostle in the New Testament church, not only are they sent, but they're establishers. They establish things. They establish churches. That's why, that's why missionaries, we can call them apostles, because they go out on, into the mission field, and they establish churches, they establish ministries, they, uh, they're impactful. I, I'll say this, apostles, uh, New Testament apostles, modern day apostles, not only should they establish churches and establish things within the church, but they also, um, if, if, if you have someone who's ministering to you, who has an apostolic ministry, then that person ought to be anointed and have a special grace and a special gift to uh, stir your gift up and help you to fulfill your purpose. In other words, if you really sit under an apostolic ministry, your ministry, the ministry that you carry or whatever it is that God is going to do through you, whatever your purpose is, is going to be stirred up and you're going to become equipped under that person's leadership to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Do you understand that? And so, because there's some people, they think the apostle is a management gift. The apostle, the, the apostolic gift is not a management gift. It's, it's not a come kiss my ring gift. Oh, he's an apostle. He's a most high potentate. You know, we need to just listen to what they tell us to do and send them an offering. That's not how that works. If, if someone's truly an apostle, if you hang out with an apostle, they're going to stir you up. They're going to make you want to do what God called you to do. You're going to be equipped to do what God called you to do. You're going to have stuff, stuff's going to start popping in you, like popcorn. You're going to begin to percolate. You're going to begin to break out of the boundaries that have, have restricted you from being everything that God wants you to be. Amen. You're going to prosper financially. You're going to, you're going to prosper uh, in, your, in your house. Your family, your family is going to prosper. Amen. You, you may go through growing pains, but you're going to prosper. So uh, I saw this apostolic ministry that the Lord was releasing in that time. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, he told me, and I thought it was strange. Just hang with me for a second. I promise this will get better. I'm, I'm just trying to develop something. So just let me, let, me, let me develop this and then we'll launch from here. Give me a chance there, Titus. I'm going to get funny. <laughs> Titus is like, I'm only interested when you're funny. 
<laughs> so the Lord spoke to me. He said this. He said, he said, your relationship, your association with O. Michael Smith, he says, is important. He says, you can't fulfill your purpose without that relationship. Now, I never, listen, I never dreamed in a million years that me fulfilling the purpose and the plan of God for my life was associated with any relationships that I had. In fact, then the, then the Lord went on to say this. He said, if it hadn't have been for him stepping up and declaring that he was an apostle and releasing that in your hometown, he said, there wouldn't have been an opening. He said, he prepared the way for the apostolic move of the Spirit in, in that region where you lived, where, where I grew up. And I thought, my God. And you know what? His church, I don't think his church is, is any larger than our church. He's never had a television show. He's never had a radio. Well, like maybe they were on, um, they were on a, a public television. And, you know, they, maybe they had a radio broadcast for a period of time. But it never seemed like they were people that had, um, uh, that they were, uh, that they had notoriety. That they were, you know, had uh, uh, nationwide or even international notoriety. See, God, God doesn't only choose people that are on television to make an impact. Some people just by, by, by embracing what God has called them to be and doing what God has called them to do, uh, cause things to shift and shift in the atmosphere of the spirit and open up the doors for people to be blessed. So the Lord, th that was for me, uh, that, that connection with apostle O. Michael Smith was supernatural. It was a divine connection. It was a divine connection because whatever he had, I needed to be, I need, whatever he was carrying in the spirit, I needed for it to influence my life for me to be successful. And some of you, some of you've never realized that your associations are important. That those that you connect with and have fellowship with. See, some of you have not yet realized that God brought you here and it was a divine appointment and a divine connection. That God intended to bless your life exponentially as a result of you connecting with the people here, with, uh, with my leadership, with the leadership of some of the others that are a part of this ministry. Are you all hearing me today? Yes. Praise God. You know, Cherie, and I'll, I'll take Cherie, use her as an example. Miss Rhonda, I can use many of them. Hilda. Uh, when, you know, when 10 years ago when we started this church and Hilda came to be a part of this church, they've been a part of another church in Midwest City. And I'm, we weren't trying to take nobody away from no other church. But Hilda and David had come to the revival that we had in Newcastle. Do you know that she got kicked off the worship team for coming to revival? It was, it was either that or because she was always practicing with Tiny Dancer. But anyway... <laughs> She says it was revival. It could have been Tiny Dancer, you know? <laughs> Inside joke. But anyway, so Hilda, they, they get, not only do they get, she, she get kicked off the worship team, but anything that they were doing in the church, they began to be pushed out of. And when they, when they inquired as to why, it was because, well, you're over there, you're committed to something else. They're like, no, we're just going over there for revival. In fact, they wouldn't even miss their, their services at their church to come to revival. They, would, they were going to the services at their church until they were pushed out. 
by leadership in their church until they had really, they had no other place to go. They were pushed out of their church. There were others that were pushed out of their churches because they were connecting with revival meetings in Newcastle. And people weren't skipping services at their church to come to do what we were doing, but somehow they were getting pushed, they were getting pushed out. Well, you know what? Uh, Hilda, Hilda could have probably, and David probably could have said, well, you know, what do we need to do? What do you, what do you want us to do? I mean, they knew that something was happening uh, that was supernatural in that revival. There, uh, Cherie's here uh, as a result of that revival. Uh, the Salazars are here as a result of that revival. There are a lot of people that connected with us as a result of that Newcastle revival. God was pouring out his spirit. Uh, amen. The Sanders are here uh, because there was a connection that was made in that Newcastle revival. Now, the Sanders didn't come right at the beginning. They didn't come till about, what, four or five years ago, was it? And I told you not to. <laughs> about four or five years ago, uh, they, they came. And you know what? When they, when they came, that something, happened. something happened with all of these people. These people that you see here that have been a part of this church for the last 10 years. Ayla. Ayla came about four or five years ago, six years ago now. Uh, Tyler, uh, Tyler uh, started in uh, at this church uh, in the beginning. Um, there, was, there was something that has happened with people when they've connected. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's just been the connection with us. There was something to divine about the connection. There was something supernatural about the connection. When, listen, when we, when Annie and I had talked about, we're going to launch this church, we're going to start this church, and I, I, I didn't want, I didn't want to start it right away because we didn't have a place uh, to have church. I was like, Lord, we don't have a building. And the Lord said, you do have a, you do have a building. I said, we don't, Lord. He said, you do. I said, God, if, if you've given us a building and I'm not yet aware of it, you need to tell me where it is. And, and I was sitting in my living room. He says, you're in it. I was like, but Lord, this is not a church building. This is my house. He says, no, it's my house. And I was like, but God, this is, I don't like people coming to your house. (laughs) I like like being here. This is the only place I can go with, you know, that I'm I'm not around everybody and and, and nobody, you know, has access. This is my family. This is my house. He said, this, he said, you have something. He said, go. Man, I'm telling you, we, we hadn't had that conversation until five minutes later, there's a, the doorbell rings. And when we open up the door, there's, there stand Michael and Twyla. And they've just come from their church. And they're saying, we can't go back. They've been pushed out. Now, not, not that someone kicked them out, but circumstances and things that had happened. Th- there was no way they could continue to do what they were doing. And Twyla stood there at my door, tears in her eyes, and said, We know that God wants us to be here. With Listen, it, was a de- it wasn't something. Here, here's what I'm trying to get some of you to do. You've got to shift your mind from thinking that you chose this. In fact, if you, if you did, you've got to begin, you, we've got to begin to live our lives by allowing the Lord to help us to connect with those that he intends for us to connect with that are vital and play a role in us fulfilling his purpose in the last days. 
See, now you say, well, you know, we connected with you spiritually and, and we've grown spiritually. But here, here's what's about to happen. Some of you are about to connect with people divinely and your businesses are about to explode. Some of you are about to connect with people that are going to take you from the 100,000 flow to the million flow. And some of you are about to go from the million flow to the multiplied million flow. Amen. To the 10 and the 20. Amen. I, I don't know if Michael mind me telling this, but I had a dream about Michael uh, this last year. And when I woke up from that dream, man, I'm telling you, I was stoked. I believe it was a God dream. But in the dream, I'm sitting there with Michael, and Michael is looking at me, and he's got these pages in his hand, and he's, and he's looking at me serious, real serious. And he's like, he's like, I got these seven deals, five or seven, or I can't remember which one. It was either five or seven. And in those five or seven deals, I said, I said, so I said, what does that mean? He said, these deals, just these, there's like five, it wasn't very many. He says, these, these deals right here are worth over $15 million. I said, really? He said, yep. He said, I signed these deals today. And they're worth $15 million. I'm, I'm oblivious. I don't know what that means to him. I said, I said well, is that good? <laughs> and you know how Michael, he's real kind. <laughs> but that's when he lit up. He says, yeah, it's good. <laughs> and we went to praising God. And I woke up. And I thought, I got to tell Michael that. And I said, would $15 million be, he did just like he did in the dream. I said, would $15 million be good? He said, yeah, that would be good. <laughs> he said, that would immediately change everything about everything that we do from here on out. It would change the way we give. It would change the way we, uh, it would change the way we receive. It would change everything about how we do everything. He said, if that came to us, he said, it would be a game changer. Are y'all hearing me today? See, we're living in a time when in a 24-hour period of time, one day, one day, you're going to be just doing what you've been doing all along, and the next day, everything is going to change. Are y'all hearing me today? Divine, say divine appointment, divine connection. First Samuel chapter 10. Y'all will be familiar with this verse. It says, after that thou shalt come to the hill of God, and this is an example of divine appointment. After thou shalt come to the hill of God, this is, let me, let me set this up. This is the prophet Samuel prophesying over Saul. He says, after thou shalt come to the hill of God, where is the garrison of the Philistines, and it shall come to pass, when thou art come thither to the city, that thou shalt meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with a psaltery and a tabret and a pipe and a harp before them, and they shall prophesy. Amen. You know what? That's expected. Some of, some of us, we have, we have met people. That's what happened with Hilda. That's what happened with the South. That's what happened with many of you that connected with Winner's Church 10 years ago. I want you to think about where you were 10 years ago. I want you to think about where you were at in your life 10 years ago. I want you to think about where you were at before God supernaturally. And listen, most of you, God supernaturally connected you to us because if you had done it in the natural, you wouldn't be with us no more. In fact, some of you tried. In fact, some of you have tried to leave regular. I wish Jasmine was here so I could remind her of the 1,500 times she has left this church. 
I love you, Jasmine. <laughs> and some, amen. Heck, Annie tried to leave this church a couple times. She put in her, <laughs> turned in her key and everything. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's been something about there's been there's been something and this this don't get me wrong this word isn't just for us at Winter's Church any any anyone that will hear this you know Jesus said to people regular let any man that hath an ear to hear hear what the Spirit of God is saying we need to hear what the Spirit of God is saying see we've thought that we could make decisions based on our personal preferences based on our desires based on the design that we have for our lives you know some of us we've made a plan and we've made a plan of how we're gonna get things done and I believe that's why some people have ended up dead because they had a plan and they were going to follow it no matter, no matter what. They were going to do what they thought they ought to do. And God had another plan. Come on, man. See, some people, they hoped for wealth. They hoped for uh, influence. They hoped to be, uh, to, uh, to be impactful, to be a big shot. See, they had some, some people, God, God has plans to make you a big shot. That's right. But he don't want you doing it your way. He don't want you trying to figure out how to do it in the natural. Amen. So these prophets, here's, here's Saul, uh, the king, and these prophets, he, he, uh, Samuel's prophesying to him, these prophets are going to come down off the mountain. They're going to they're have a psaltery. They're going to have a tabret and a pipe and a harp before them. And while they're coming off this mountain, they're going to be declaring the word of the Lord. They're going to be prophesying. Verse 6 says this, and the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. Say this with me. Say, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. Listen, listen, church. For, for too long, and, and a, part of the, a part of the reason why this has happened, and I, I, pray, I pray that y'all are on the same page. Are y'all understanding what I'm saying so far? A part, of the, a part of the reason why I believe there's been such chaos in the body of Christ is because there's been this attitude or this uh, this idea that has been perpetrated by ministers of the gospel, by preachers. And they've tried to, they've tried to make everyone believe that we're, that we're all on an equal level playing field. That there's no one that is any different or any, any more necessary in the church than anybody else. You know what? That's a lie. There, there, there are some people, you know, there, there are some parts of your body that you can't live without. Some things you can live without. Tonsils, they go. Gallbladder, it can go. You can even lose one of your kidneys. You got another one. Your appendix, your spleen, your teeth, your toenails. That's how many of you have been. Leave it to Ayla from Indiana, the teeth. But she's got all her teeth, don't you, Ayla? She's starting to turn red. Anyway, let's, let's get over here to Ted. <laughs> no, no, Ted, keep him in, Ted. Keep him in. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a runner, if you're a runner, you know that if you're... How many, how many have, have ever been a runner and your toenails fell off from running? You can, you can do without them. You can do without them. So there are some parts of the body you can do without. But there are, you know what? You're not going to do without your heart. 
you're not going to do without your liver. Are y'all hearing me today? There, there are certain parts of the body that are necessary. And so this whole idea that we're all on this equal level, that, that all of us mean the same to the body of Christ. Not all of us mean the same to the body of Christ. There are some that are elevated to a greater level of importance. They have a greater responsibility. Theirs is, according to Scripture, theirs is the greater condemnation. Uh, not to mean that they are condemned, but they have a greater responsibility and they carry a greater weight uh, than everybody else because of the responsibility that God has given them and the grace that he's extended toward them. But what, ha what happens when we try to say, well, I, we, I'll give you an example. We were at a conference one time and these guys had been praying for people and ministering to people on the streets and had had success at seeing people healed miraculously on the streets. In fact, one of them uh, showed a video and on this video, he was, uh, he was somewhere in the Middle East in fact, he was, on, uh, he was at, the, at the Temple Mount where, uh, where they built that big mosque. The Muslims built a big mosque. And he was there, and he's out on the street, and he's ministering to people. And in the middle of the street, he goes up to a guy. He says, he says man, can I pray for you? And he has a word of knowledge for this guy about this guy's back trouble. And this guy has back trouble. He lays his hands on this guy in the Middle East, prays over him to believe God for his healing. And the man is instantly healed on the streets of back trouble. And the guy, the guy looks at him, he says, and he tells him, he says, Jesus healed you. And the guy responds this way. He says, I'm a Muslim. And this guy looks at him, he says, I'm a Christian. My name is Todd. He says, my name is so. And they embrace one another. I mean, supernatural, supernatural, incredible miracle. It, it, was, it, was, it, was, in, it was incredibly supernatural. So I love, and I love this guy too. He's, he's an awesome dude. But we went, we went, during this conference, we'd seen that video, and then we went to the conference. The first thing he did when he got up was he said this, don't come up here and, and ask me to lay my hands on you. I'm, not, I'm nothing special. Oh, no, listen. When you can go to the Middle East and get a word of knowledge on the street and lay your hands on someone who's a Muslim and see them healed in the name of Jesus, you're not like everybody else. You know what? There are some of you that are here that you can do that. And then there's others that are here. You're never going to do that. Sheree, uh, Sheree, I see her get frustrated with people that won't come out and minister on the streets. Guess what? There's some people, that's, that's, they have the capacity. They have the ability. But some people, that's not going to be the way that they go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Some of them aren't going to Bricktown to do it. I see Tyler and Ayla, and they're like, come on, y'all, come and help us minister healing to the sick. Guess what? Not everybody's going to Baptist or to Mercy or, uh, you know, wherever to minister healing to the sick. Some people, they're going to minister healing to the sick in some other way, in some other capacity. Some people are going to win the lost, and it's not going to be by going on the streets of Brickton. Now, listen, I'm not saying you shouldn't go. You, you ought to train. You ought to, you ought to get raised up. You ought to discover the grace and the gift that God's put on the inside of you. But when God has given you a special call and a special anointing and a special touch, no one's going to do it like you do it. And it's, and it's inappropriate for us to tell other people, you don't need what I have. We need what, amen. If you're a member of this church, you're a member of this church because you need something that God deposited in me. 
And some of you are associated with one another because you need what's deposited in them and they need what's deposited in you. There's something supernatural that happens when people allow the Holy Spirit to go beyond just a, amen. Listen, I, I hope to God that your relationships aren't just based on that you have similar backgrounds. I, th I think a part of why we're such a diverse church, why we have so many different uh, races in our church, and I'm telling you, there's, no, there's not a more multicultural church, I don't think, in Oklahoma City than this one. There's not a more racially diverse church. I mean, we got people from everywhere. But you know, there's a lot of people they will go to a a predominantly black church because that's what they have in common with those people. There's some people that will go to a Spanish church because that's what they have in common with those people. And then there's some people that go to a predominantly white church because that's what they have in common with those people. There are Indian churches. And there are people that go to those Indian churches and that, you know what, you know where they connect? In the fact that they're Native American. And now, now you know, they... They had Indian churches. You got to get a cowboy church. <laughs> you got the cowboy churches. And what, what's, what do they have in common? Cowboys. Listen, we had revival at the old Sobel old, the Sobel old Country Cowboy Church. And we were there for a, nearly a year. I'm taking pictures in front of the church with cows. Cherie made me do it. Yeah, someone brought a cow as an offering. They're like, you want to come see it? I'm like, it's here? They're like, yeah, we brought it. It's tied up out front. I'm like, you tied a cow out in front of the church. They're like, yeah. I walked out. There's this big old heifer out there. And then there was this cow. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, there's, a, there's this cow out there. And they said, <laughs> they sowed that cow uh, toward revival. But you know what they have in common there? They're cowboys, biker churches. Come on, somebody. Amen. You know what? You, you better have more in common than your taste in clothes. You better have more in common than the lifestyle that you gave up. You better have more in common than the color of your skin. Listen, you better be connecting with people for more than just the color of your skin. Because God is gathering people from all over this nation and all over the world. And he's gathering people that he, that he has called, that, that he wants them to function together and to work together for the purpose of fulfilling his will and his design. You know what? The success of this church isn't going to be built on the fact that we figured out a demographic and we went after them and we marketed to them and we found out what was appealing to them. I'm telling you, if, if that's how this church grows, then we failed to do what God called us to do. I know that we've come through a time in the church 
uh, and we've come through an age in the church where it was built on marketing and what was popular and how to get people together based on a demographic and based on a design uh, that, that maybe at some point in time had something to do with the spirit, but now it's just become a way to gather large groups of people. They're people that God is calling together. And when they, and when they gather together, oh, listen, y'all know what I'm talking about. There are times we've been in this place and we've seen the lightning and we've heard the thunder. And I'm not talking about the Oklahoma City thunder. They fizzled out already. But anyway, <laughs> we've, got, we've, got to, we've got to remember We've got to look back and reflect on, for, for us, we've got to reflect on the Spirit of the Lord coming upon us when we heard the prophets prophesying, when they came off the mountain of God and they were declaring the word of the Lord. That was the divine appointment. The Bible says this, the Spirit of the Lord to, to Saul, the Spirit of the Lord will come on you and you'll prophesy. And as a result of your prophesying, you will be turned into another man. You will be transformed into another man. Amen. Amen. Some of us, maybe we come out of a life where we have conformed to something. But there's an atmosphere that's in this place. There's an atmosphere that is in the church. And anyone that will recognize it and hear the voice of God will know that we are on the brink of the greatest transformation that the church has ever seen. Amen. There's, there's an awakening that's coming. There's a reformation that's about to happen in the church. And that reformation is going to bring about the greatest transformation that the church has ever known. And those, listen, and those that have had a reason to look at us and to criticize us and to ridicule us and to call us hypocrites are going to be left with their mouth agape as the Spirit of God begins to move for a people that have yielded themselves and yielded their members to the Spirit of God for God to do what it is that He desires to do. Amen. Amen. So can we... uh, I haven't said very much, and I've tried. I tried to be like Ayla and say a whole lot in a short period of time, but it ain't working too good. <laughs> Is this resonating with your... Sh- I'm not trying to get to your head here. I'm trying to tap into... Some- because you know what? Sometimes what we do when we go through the process of following the Lord is that we start looking at things with our eyes and we start hearing things with our ears, our natural ears and our natural eyes, and we start perceiving things in that realm of reasoning and we forget about the power of God. We forget about the Spirit of the Lord coming upon us. We forget about that time when He did, and when He did, things became clear. Some of us, some of us we, let, we let the neighborhood that we live in dictate to us where we're going to go, where we're going. You know, I, I thank God for the Sanders. They, they come, I think they're the ones come farthest. Um, they come all the way from Newcastle to be a part of this church. Heck, I've got people that, we've got people that live in Edmond won't come here now. Well, when you was in Edmond, you weren't there when we was in Edmond. I, I, I imagine anywhere we go. You know, there's some people like, man, I wish you'd have a revival here. Uh, we are. Here we are. (laughs) 
Some of us think that God won't inconvenience us. That he won't ask us to have to go out of our way to connect with who he wants us to connect with. Ayla's really here at Farthest. She, she left Indiana. But you know what? The Spirit of the Lord coming upon you and Him putting His Word in your mouth and you being transformed into another person. How many of you would be worth a move from, from Indiana? It's worth it. Praise God. All right. I'm going to share, I'm going to share something with you. So what was it? What is it about what he said that is so, what, that was so transforming? And I'm, I'm, I'm going to lay out a lot of information here, and hopefully it won't uh, overwhelm you. Or at least I think I am. I'm, I'm going to try real hard. Um, I, I preached a message. Uh, it was either last year or a couple years ago, and we called it the law of confession. The law of confession. You remember that message? Uh, the law of confession, I, I had a couple scriptures, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 32. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 32. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It says this, if thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thyself, or if thou hast thought evil, lay thine hand upon thy mouth. If thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thyself, or if thou hast thought evil, lay thine hand upon. In other words, uh, if you if you've said if you've done stupid stuff, if you've thought stupid stuff, refrain from saying stupid stuff. Amen. <laughs> you know the reason why Saul was transformed into another man was because he began to prophesy. You know what prophesy means? Preach. You know what he began to preach? He began to declare the word of the Lord. He began to speak the word of the Lord. He began to say what God said. Say this with me. Say what God said. If, if, you're, if, you're, going to, if you're going to exploit this season and get everything out of it that God intends for you to get, then when God connects you with people, you're going to have to, instead of saying what you think, instead of saying what you feel, if you're thinking foolishly, if you're thinking evil, if you're feeling foolish, if you're feeling evil, don't succumb to saying those things. You know what? If someone, if Hilda makes you mad and, and, you, and you've gotten connected with this church, don't let the first words out of your mouth be, Hilda makes me so mad. If I get up here and I say stuff that frustrates you, don't let the first words out of your mouth with, I am so frustrated with pastor. You know what you're doing? You're, you're creating an atmosphere that is not really open to what God is trying to get across to you. I hate Oklahoma. You know how many people I've heard say stuff like that? I hate Oklahoma. If I could just get out of Oklahoma. You know, when people say that, I almost want to give them an offering and say, get to, get to going. Do you want me to help you pack your stuff? I mean, more room for us if you get out of here. But 
And I, and I don't just hear it about Oklahoma. I hear it about Ohio. I hear it about certain cities. I hear it about certain communities. There's nothing good here. I wish I could get out of here. Some people longing. They're longing to go somewhere else. Listen, it's, it's okay to get away for a little while. I understand. Uh, we finally went to Estes Park, and I understand. I understand. You, you go to these places that are beautiful and that are gorgeous and, and, and you find a restaurant and it has your favorite dish and every one of them is your favorite. You know what I'm saying? Everything you put in your pie hole, you're like, my God. <laughs> we went to a hotel they said was haunted. I said, I, they, they said it was haunted. I said, I'll run every devil out of here just to eat this breakfast every day. <laughs> it, was, it was delicious. It was delicious. And I understand, I understand wanting to go on vacation. But you know what? There are places that God has called us to dwell. And so, and so when, you're, when you're fed up, when you're frustrated, when you're going through difficulty, when you're going through a struggle in your mind, in your heart. Are y'all hearing me today? When the devil tries to get you to lift up your voice against God. Listen, when the spirit of the Lord is not on you, you got to be careful what you say. There's a law of confession. you got to be careful what you say. Your worlds are framed. Your worlds are framed by your words. And if you go to talking crazy, things are going to get crazy in your life. Psalm 39.1. I said, are you there? 39.1 of Psalm. I said, and I'll wait, I'll wait for it to change. <laughs> Amen. I said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. Who's the wicked? The devil. The devil. You know, there are demons that are waiting on you to say something stupid. But the word says, I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. I'm not about to let my mouth go crazy while the enemy is standing around waiting for me to say something stupid so he can trip me up. And in case, listen, in case you haven't realized it, church, there are devils on every corner. Nowadays they call them Karens. Come on, they're about to dictate to you how you're going to live. They're about to tell you you're going to wear a mask. Or they're going to tell you we don't have to wear a mask. Or they're going to tell you you ought to vaccinate. Or they're going to tell you how if you do vaccinate, you're going to die in two years. I'm never, and you know what? These are not people that are not Christians. These are Christian people. <laughs> now see, now some of you are like, well, what are, we supposed to, are we supposed to vaccinate? You know what? Do whatever in the heck you want to do. How many years have they had flu shots, Pop? Years? Since you can remember, right? <laughs> a long time. Flu shots a long time. You know how many flu shots I've had? Zero. You know what? Not because I'm being reckless. I don't want a shot. Right. Period. 
I'm not, I'm not any different with anything else. You know how often I go to the doctor? Almost never. Now, I know some of you are like, oh, you know, it's not, it's not very good. Well, oh, Pastor Tammy <clears throat> was talking to a nurse <clears throat> was 100 years old, a nurse. She said, how is it that you stay so, how, what is the secret to your longevity that you stayed so, she, and the nurse was not on, uh, not only was she 100 years old, she was taking no medication, she had no medical problems, uh, she's just old, you know, rickety in her bones and whatnot, but she was taking no medication, had no medical problems, had never had any ma major medical issues. Pastor Tammy said, how have you done that? How have you done that? She, you know what she said? She says, I don't go to the doctor. Now, I'm not recommending that for everybody, but that's what she said. She said, nowadays doctors want to put you on everything. In fact, Tammy said she went to the doctor, and the doctor said, so, so what are you taking now? Do you, are you taking something for this? Are you taking something for that? And her response to all of them was no. He says, man, we got to get you on something. We got to get you on some medication. They, wanna, they won't get you on something. Now listen, some people need something. Brother Ted went to the doctor, and he had high blood pressure. They told him, you could stroke out. Guess what? He ought to be putting blood pressure medication down his throat. Did he get that straightened out? And believe God for his healing. Amen. But straighten out the symptoms. Why? Because we need him. Because a dead Ted ain't going to help us. Sheree right. <laughs> <laughs> says, take your pills. Now, could he come off of it? Well, Pastor Annie went to the doctor, and she had high blood pressure. They said, your blood pressure is out of control. You need to get on this medication. I said, I, I, I was talking with Annie. She's like, I don't want to be on blood pressure medication. I said, well, then let's trust God. Let's believe his word. So she said, well, what do I do in the meantime? I said, take the medication. She went to prayer about it. You know what the Lord said? Drop weight. She got on a diet. She began to change her diet. She started to drop weight. She started to trust the Lord. Next time she went to the doctor, the doctor said, we need to take you off this blood pressure medication. You don't need it no more. Guess what? She hadn't needed it no more. She don't have high blood pressure no more. Amen. Everybody's dying of COVID. Shut your mouth. Everybody is not dying of COVID. You're not going... Listen to me. Listen to me. I, I want you to hear what I'm going to say right now. You are not going to die of COVID. tell you straight up, I ain't dying of COVID. I ain't dying in a plane crash either. How much sense would it make if I went around telling people, let me, let me ask you a question, how much sense would it make if I went around telling people all the time that I was scared of dying in a plane crash? that I thought I might die in a plane crash. 
You know what? Some of you want, want, wouldn't want to hang out with me if I talked about dying in a plane crash and I was flying all the time every week. So what in the world makes you think that it's okay to go around talking about COVID the same way? If I wouldn't talk about dying... Now listen, are, are, my, are my chances of dying in a plane crash higher than most people? Absolutely. Way more of a chance of me dying in a plane crash than you. But you know what? I don't go around saying it. You know why? Because that's stupid. Because you start to entertain things in the atmosphere that'll try to take you out and try to kill you. Some people, they say that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. No, in God's kingdom, words will kill you. Every one of you that are in this building know people that have put themselves in the grave by what they have said. Heck, I saw, I, saw, <laughs> I saw on Facebook that someone actually put on their tombstone. I told them I was sick. <laughs> yeah, now you did. I said, I will, I will take heed to my ways, that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. Now listen, I'm going to give you a key. Are you all still with me? Okay. I'm going to try to finish this up here in about three minutes. It's not a good chance of it, but I'm going to try. <laughs> Your words are extremely important. Most people don't realize and don't make the connection that what they have and they don't have in this life have to do with what they say. Not only what they say, but just in, in general, but especially what they say when the Spirit of the Lord comes on them. I told you, I told you last week or a week before last how that I'd gotten a word from a guy at a singles meeting and he told me, he said, the least of your worries in the last day is going to be money. No lack, no lack, no lack. You remember, remember you telling that? Do you know what? The spirit of the Lord came on me. You know what I did? I said what he said. I said, no lack, no lack, no lack. Did it look like, now in the natural, did it look like no lack? No, in the natural, I didn't know how we were going to pay for gas to get home. In the natural, in the natural, we was ordering off the dollar menu at McDonald's to, to have dinner that night. In the natural. In the natural, we didn't know how we was going to pay our bills. In the natural. But the word that the man of God gave us, the word that the prophet was saying, was no lack, no lack, no lack. And the Spirit of the Lord came on me. So you know what I said? I didn't say, I didn't say when. I didn't say, boy, I sure hope so. That's not what I said. I said what he said. He said no lack. So you know what? I agreed. What in the world was it going to hurt me to agree? The Spirit of the Lord came on me like it was on it. No lack, no lack, no lack. No lack, no lack, no lack. Glory to God. I just said what he said. Amen. Ted and I, we sat in a meeting with Charles and Francis Hunter. Charles and Francis Hunter were up there, and she said this. Now, you know, you can go ahead and question people's motives. I don't, here's the thing. All this questioning of people's motives and going through all this rigmarole, 
If, if you think that you have what it takes to figure this thing out with your head, more power to you. I hadn't been able to figure it out with my head. But I have seen God move supernaturally in ways that were unexplainable. Like this one. We're sitting in Charles Francis. Ted's sitting right next to me in this meeting. Francis Hunter gets up. She says, you know what Charles and I heard? We heard a word from God, and the Lord told us $100 bills. She said, you know what we said when God told us $100 bills? We looked at each other, and we said $100 bills. Listen, Ted, Ted, Ted looks at me straightway. You know, some people say, well, Ted's just a simpleton. No. Ted, Ted, looked, Ted looked at me square in my eyes, and he goes, before he even heard the rest of it, he goes, $100 bills. I looked at him before we heard the whole story, and I said, $100 bills, Ted. And then she says this. She says, she says, the Lord spoke that to us, and so we began to say it. And as we began to say it, she said, you know what the Lord required from us? The Lord started requiring us to sew $100 bills. So we started sewing $100 bills. She said, you know, after we started sewing $100 bills, you know, people begin to sew into us $100 bills. You know what Ted did? Ted reached in his wallet, grabbed out a $100 bill, and handed it to me. He said, $100 bills. I know this is going to sound stupid, but I got my wallet out. I reached into my wallet. I pulled out a hundred, and we, I mean, we canceled each other's offering out in the natural. But I, I sold it. I said, Ted, hundred dollar bills. You, you, you. It's going to be hard for you to, to believe this or to embrace it. But I'm going to tell you a a a deluge, a wave of blessing in the form of $100 bills started coming to me and to Ted. In fact, it wasn't long after that that Ted came out of church one day and his pocket, his front pocket was packed full of money. And, and, and he pulled it out and it was $100 bills. I said, Ted, what happened? He said, somebody put money in my pocket. He said, $100 bills. Ever since then, Ted, what's it been like? Amen. Let me, how, how much does it cost you to say it? Nothing. Nothing. When the, when the Spirit of the Lord comes, it costs you nothing to agree with heaven. It costs you nothing to agree with heaven. Say divine appointments, divine connections. See, you never know when the Spirit of the Lord is going to come on you. You never know when the Holy Ghost is going to jump on you and He's going to ask you to agree with what He's saying. Amen. All right, I'm almost, I'm, I'm trying to finish this up here. So during that message of, of, uh, of the law of confession, we talked about four different types of confession. Write this down. There are four different types of confession. Number one, Matthew chapter 3, verse 6. Matthew chapter 3, verse 6. The, uh, this is where Jesus told the Jews to confess their sins. Now, mostly when we talk about confession, confession has negative connotations. He, he confessed to his sins. He confessed to their brother. But confession, confession for the believer doesn't have to be negative. So confession of your sins, which is kind of on the negative side for the, for the Jews. So the Jews were commanded, they were and they were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. So the confession of the, of the Jews' sins uh, for, for uh, forgiveness of sins for salvation. Uh, number two, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. 
a confessing of the Lord Jesus Christ by sinners. The confessing of the Lord Jesus Christ by sinners. In other words, uh, if you confess, is that what it says? Uh, 10, chapter 10, verse 9. Uh, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. There it is. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. So the confession of the Lord Jesus by those who are sinners. The third type of confession is uh, John 1.9. 1 uh, John 1.9. 1 John 1.9. And it's for, this, is, this confession is for believers that are out of fellowship with God, that have departed out of fellowship with God. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But Romans 10.10, Romans 10.10 is the confession that I want to talk about. So what happened to Saul when he prophesied with those prophets that were coming off of him when the Spirit of the Lord came on him? What happened to Saul was this kind of confession. Are you ready? Romans 10.10, 10, confessing your faith in the word of God in Christ. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen. So that confession is a confession of your faith in the Word of God in Christ. In the Greek, I told you in the Greek, that word confession in this verse of Scripture is the word homologio. You remember homologio? Homologio. Homologio. And so that word homologio, homo meaning same, logio, is for logos, the word of God, homologio. In other words, this is what that means. This is what confession, this confession means. Saying the same thing that God says, homologio. The same as what God says. The same as what God says. Amen. We've got to say this. Turn to someone, tell them, you've got to say the same thing God says. Homologio. By faith, by faith. <clears throat> Sheree, uh, Sheree uh, um, sent me a video of Mark Hankins. Old Mark Hankins was talking about uh, a verse of scripture, Isaiah, Isaiah sixty-one, Isaiah sixty-one. Um, Verse 7, Isaiah 61, 7. Isaiah 61, 7 says this, For your shame you shall have double, and for confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. As I was listening to that again this morning, because 
Sheree had sent it to me and told me that she felt like the Lord really spoke to her about something. When you start saying what God says, transformation happens. Transformation happens. Some of you went from no joy to fullness of joy. Some of you went from temporary joy to everlasting joy. Some of you went from no peace to the peace that passes all understanding. Amen. When you tap into that transformative power of God, there's an exponential change. Some of you haven't, some of you haven't seen exponential changes in your life, but you're about to see them. And they're going to be, like, be like the change that this verse of Scripture talks about. Let me read this to you in the Living Translation. Living Translation says it this way. It says, instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. Amen. Amen. We need to begin to say what God says. This is your season where there has been shame and dishonor, but God is about to change our shame and our dishonor. Glory to God. For a double share of honor. Amen. Amen. You will possess. This is what it says in the living. You will possess. Say possess. You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land. And you and everlasting joy will be yours. You know what? We've been through season. We've been through a hard pressing season of shame and of dishonor. There has never been a time in the history of the church where he, we have suffered such shame and such dishonor. But I'm telling you, God's not finished yet. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is about to come upon you. And a transformation is about to take place. You're about to possess a double portion of honor. You're about to get your share this year in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Instead of shame, double honor. Say that. Say that to someone. Instead of shame, double honor. You know what? We need to start declaring double. Michael, you need to start declaring double. Eric, you need to start declaring double. Lewis, you need to start declaring double. Carolyn, double. Hilda, double. We need to start declaring that because the Spirit of the Lord, he's not, he, he's not going to come on us. He has come upon us. And you know what God is saying? God is saying that the shame is being rolled off. Amen. That the dishonor is coming to an end. God is about to show himself strong, and we're about to see exponential transformation, and that's going to come in the form of honor and double blessing, double portion of prosperity and everlasting joy. Amen. The devil's tried to steal your joy, and I'm telling you right now, he hadn't succeeded. Amen. And your portion in this hour is not just the portion that you've had, but I declare a double portion belongs to you. You know what I want us to begin to declare in this church? Double the salvations. Double the healings. Double the disciples. We're going to make double the impact. We're going to have double finances in the name of Jesus. We're going to double in attendance in Jesus' name.
And then we, when we double in attendance, we're going to double again. And then we're going to double again. Our influence is going to double. Our reach is going to double. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Double the health. Double the wholeness. Double the praise. Double the worship. <laughs> Glory to God. When, when, yeah, double the anointing. <laughs> double glory. <laughs> Amen. But I'm, I'm going to tell you this how you get, and this is what re really got me about Mark Hankins. Some people might say this. They might say, Pastor, how long, how long is it going to take? It don't, it don't matter how long it takes. I don't care how long it takes. So it's been 10 years. I don't care if it's been 10 years. It can be 10 more. I'm, amen. I'm hanging on to the word of God. Amen. Before you can possess anything that God has for you, it first has to come out of your mouth. It's got to become your confession before it ever becomes your possession. That's how the kingdom works. In fact, Jesus, Jesus said, when Jesus talked about the kingdom, you know what he said about the kingdom? He said this about the kingdom. Uh, whatsoever you shall say, you'll have. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou cast, he shall not down his heart, but shall believe everything that he says comes to pass. He'll have whatever he says. Amen. Amen. If you'll say. If you'll say. If you'll say. Amen. How many of you willing to change what you're saying? So we're going to say double. Double in the morning. Double in the evening. Double at supper time. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Listen, we're not, gonna, we're not just going to be talking barely get by talk. We're not just going to be saying, if I can just make it to the end of the... Those words aren't coming out of our mouth. This is my week. This is my week of double. When, it, when, the devil's, when the devil's trying to tell you you're going double in debt, you go and you remind him, listen, I've already gone through dishonor. I've already gone through shame. It's my time for double honor. It's my time for double prosperity. It's Amen. You've been through the hardship. You've been through the battle. You've been through the struggle. It's time for the victory. Glory. Uh, glory. <laughs> Look at Exodus 1.12. Do this real quick. Exodus 1.12. I'm almost done. I promise. Exodus 1. I'm, I'm really not lying to you. I'm, I'm really serious this time. Exodus 1.12. Oh, Shemaya. <laughs> but, <laughs> look what this says. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. Hallelujah. 
when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, they will try to afflict you. But the more they afflicted them, what does it say? Anybody been afflicted? Instead of being tired of affliction, we need to get the word of God in our mouth. We need to begin to say what God says. We need to let the spirit of the Lord come upon us. We need to be reminded that God never intended for us to be under. He created us to be over. That the more that they afflict us, the more we're going to grow. And the more that we're going to multiply. And the more they're going to be grieved. Because we're going to rise and we're not going to fall. Listen, the, the devil... The devil's going to regret the day he ever tried to silence the church in the United States of America. The devil's going to regret the day he ever tried to shut the building of the church down and to keep God's people quiet. The devil's going to regret the day he ever tried to perpetrate that that damnable disease, that damnable virus, that he tried to put it on anyone in this nation that's a person of faith. Bless God, we're about to rise in the name of Jesus like never before. We're about to give the devil some grief. Amen. So the first thing, now see some of you, are, so you're just going to go around saying it? Yep. Amen. I'm going to go, well, that's not going to help you. Well, we'll see. Amen. We'll see. Amen. Praise God. Well, you know, when you're in the hospital, you know what? It, God, God forbid that ever happened, but if it does, you know what I'm going to be saying? I'm not going to be saying I'm dying. <laughs> you, know, you know what? <laughs> if I have to pull a tube out of my mouth, and begin, I'm going like this. Double. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. So first thing you gotta do is you gotta say double. Second thing, you gotta sow double. Some of you gonna have down say, what does that mean? Oh, he just trying to get our money. No. So 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 maybe maybe you do sow a double seed. Maybe instead of twelve thousand, you sow you sow twenty four thousand. Maybe instead of twenty five, you sow fifty. Maybe instead of a million, you sow two million. But some of you about to sow double your time. You're about to you're about to speak double out your mouth, double double what you've done in the past. You're gonna say more than what you said before. Because you're gonna line up. Everything's gonna be sown double. Your commitment to the to the ministry God's called you to is gonna be double. But you're going to sow double. So you got to declare double. You got to sow double. He said this. You got to be, you got to stay filled with the Holy Ghost till you see double. You ever get so drunk you saw double? See, some of you, some of you drank so much in the world. You drank so much you saw two of everything. Some of you saw four of everything. You need to drink so much of the Spirit of God that you begin to see double. Amen. Amen. 
<laughs> Mark Hankins said this. He said, then you got to do the double dance. So here's what he said that was. You got to rejoice like you've already received it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. This is a year where we're aligning with the Spirit of God. We're, we're having divine appointments, divine connections this week, and it's going to produce exponential change. This is our year of double in the name of Jesus. Amen. And if we, if we double once, we'll just go ahead and we'll double again. I mean, if, if it's not enough, we'll just go ahead and we'll double again. Praise God. Amen. You say, Pastor, if we double, if we double attendance, we'll have to move. So be it. We'll, 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 uh, we'll use this as a children's church. <laughs> we'll just put the kids in here. Amen. There are laws that govern what we possess. It has to do with our confession. Can I read you one more scripture and we'll be? Psalm 66. Psalm 66, verse 12, and then we'll be done. I'm going to close this. I'm going to give it to Annie and pretend like I'm finished. These, these poor camera people, these poor girls, she's like, my God, I'd have lowered this thing had I known. <laughs> she's been on her tippy toes the whole time. <laughs> Look what it says. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. But thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. See, that's how God does. That's the kingdom. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. And that's how he does it. God don't, God don't take you to a wanting place. He takes you to a wealthy place. God don't, listen, some, some people are like, well, you know, and I, I hear it all the time. People that, um, well, you know, Job, 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 you know, even Job, if you read, if you read the book of Job, he got double, yes. double for his, remember the Lord said greater than, yes. you know what, last year was greater than, but I don't think we really understood what greater than was because I don't think we doubled. We got greater than, but we didn't double. So let's define it. Job got double. This year is our year of double in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. But you know what? Even Job, you read in the book of Job, and you know what he finally says? I've got to keep a guard on my mouth. Because Job said a lot of stupid stuff. You know what Job said in the Bible? He did say it. But we act like what Job said is like the, was Jesus talking. You know, Job was a man in the Bible, and his words were, were recorded. But the words that Job spoke were wrong. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him? That's, that's not right. God didn't slay him. His attitude was right, though. God, if you kill me, I'm still going to trust you. His attitude was right, but his words, his, his thinking was wrong. You know what else he said? He said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. You know, that's a lie. They, it's, it's even gotten into some worship songs. He gives and takes away. I will not sing that song. Because the Lord doesn't give and the Lord don't take away. 
That's, that's not consistent. Job was talking out his neck. Job needed to put his hand over his mouth. Job needed to bridle his tongue. He needed to say what God said. Just like you. Today and this week. You know what? We're going to come together and we're going to agree with heaven. We're going to say what God says. We're going to declare double in the name of Jesus. When, when someone else doesn't declare double, we're going to claim it in the name of Jesus. Those are the words that are going to be in our mouth. We're going to align ourselves with the Spirit to say what God says. I'm believing that, um, of course, I think that there's been exponential change for many of you coming up to this point. But I'm believing God's going to launch us out to even greater. And I believe that God's going to connect us with people, not only spiritually here at our church, but there are some people that God's going to connect people with in business. I saw Eric put a post out there and said, I want to train some business people. I want to train some uh, sales people. You know what? I think, that's, I think that's right. You know, some people might be like, well, why are you putting it out there like that? You know, you got to really think this through. There's some things you think, think you got to think through. There's other things you got to step out and do. Amen. Figure it out along the way. Amen. That's what we did with this church. I didn't go to a pastoring 101 class. And I'll tell you right now, I didn't know how to pastor a church. It was very clear. I didn't know how to pastor no people. I didn't, even, I didn't know the beginning. But you know, the Lord wasn't about to wait for me to go to you know, Francis Tuttle. Figure it out. <laughs> He's like, do it. Now, Annie, she knew. She's like, we can't do this. I don't want to be a pastor's wife. I'm like, I don't think you have a choice. She's like, well, I think I do. She found out real quick. She had a choice, but she'd rather go God's way. How much change have we seen in Pastor Annie? I mean, exponential change. God's done great things. Stand up, stand up all over the place. Praise God. Amen. So I believe that's the word for, our, for the body in this hour. Now, do I think everybody's going to be declaring this? No. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. I think some are still, you know, and again, you can do what you want to do, but there are some still caught, caught up in the political muck, the political mire, the, the world's narrative of what's going on in the world today. And I'm, I'm not going to throw mud or throw stones at anyone. There's something about freedom. Say freedom. freedom. I'm going to say this, and it may not be popular, but I'm going to say it anyhow. We went to, when we went to Springfield, Ohio, when we walked in, they were taking temperatures and making sure that no one had a fever and if you had a fever, you couldn't go to church. And they were handing out masks and giving out sanitizer and uh, social distancing. And uh, <laughs> so we, we roll up in there for revival. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just giving you an observation, church. Like again, I hope I hope there's no one here that takes issue with this. I'm just going to give you an observation. I started to preach that revival, 
And before the end of the first service, masks started coming off of people's faces. People started pulling up their chairs next to other people's. By the third day of the revival, there was no social distancing. There were no masks being worn. And it wasn't because I encouraged it. When freedom comes into the house, everything that contradicts God and His Word is cast off to the side. When you, when you, when you have no fear, and you believe the word of God. You don't let fear mongering. Lying. Deceptive. People. Dictate the direction of your life. Listen. And, and here's the thing. There were people that came in masks. And they were welcome to come. But they didn't feel comfortable. Because not everybody else was wearing masks. And I, and I felt bad. And the only reason I'm dealing with this again now is because I turned on the news last week for the first time to check weather, you know, because of the ice. And I couldn't believe what was still on there. I, I just couldn't believe that it was the same thing over and over and over again. And I hadn't watched. You know, some people are like, well, you're ignorant of what's happening. Hey, better be ignorant of what's happening and be uh, in, the, in the full will of God than to be bound up with anxiety. Struggling with depression. You know, needing a Xanax to get me through. <clears throat> I've just noticed that when God begins to move, all of a sudden, everyone's inhibitions drop. All of a sudden, and I know some people are like, well, it's just because you're making people feel better and they want to feel better. No, it's because there's freedom. There's freedom in him. Are, pe are people dying of, of COVID? Absolutely. People are dying of the flu. People are dying of cancer. People are dying of heart attacks. I don't know if you know this or not, but there are more people dying of heart disease, and there will be more people to die of heart disease because of the donuts that they're eating than will die of COVID. And so if we really want to do something, start slapping donuts out of people's hands. I mean, if you really want to save people, Start slapping cheeseburgers out of people's hands. That will, amen. You know, these people that say, you know, be, be, let's be responsible for one another. You don't want me responsible for you because I will start slapping pizza out of your face. <clears throat> it's unhealthy. More so than this other stuff. But when God begins to work and there comes this freedom, there will be some people that it messes with their minds. Here's the thing, you know, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Nobody, nobody's going to tell you otherwise. You can do whatever you want to do. If you want, if you want to wear your underwear on the outside of your pants, who am I to tell you any different? I mean, Superman did fine for years. <laughs> nobody even, nobody even thought twice about it. Superman wore his underwear over his britches for years. <laughs> I mean, if you want to be, I mean, if you want people to, that's cool. You know, Ted, keep your underneath your britches. But anyway, <clears throat> you, can, you can do whatever you want. But we ought to be doing the will of God. And if the will of God leads you to the kind of freedom that causes you to disconnect from the pandemonium and the chaos that's going on in this world, which it will, 
then you shouldn't feel guilty about it. And you ought to rejoice in it. And you ought to encourage others to find the same freedom. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have a, uh, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to pray for anybody here today, this morning, but I, I'm going to pray for you just a, one mass prayer. But tonight, as we come together, we'll have our first night meeting tonight. As we, as we come together tonight, I want you to come together with it in your heart to begin to declare the word of the Lord with your mouth. Say it out loud. Decree it. Believe it. Trust what God is saying. Align yourself with the words of heaven, with the words of God over your life. Don't let any damnable words that put you in bondage escape your lips anymore. You know what? Say this. Double for my family. Amen. This year, your family going to get a double revelation of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know what? Don't pray. Quit praying for your family's salvation. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. Don't pray for your family to get saved now one more time. Stop. You know what you need to pray? Pray this way. Lord, your word says that uh, we're to pray for laborers. You know, nowhere in the Bible does it say to pray for, this, to, for the lost to get saved. But it does say this. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers into the field to harvest. That, I, I'm going to tell you something. Some of your families are going to transform because you pray right. This year we're going to pray God send double laborers to labor in the field of my family to bring them to the foot of the cross. God send your laborers to my family. Send your laborers to my family. Send your laborers to those that are lost. You know, some of them, they're not getting any younger. We need to believe God for their salvation. But let's pray right this year. Let's believe God. And as we gather here this week, tonight, throughout the rest of the week, as the word of the Lord comes, when the Spirit of God comes on you, agree. Say what God says. Get in agreement with your mouth with what the Lord says. Be obedient. Sow as God tells you to sow. Do as God tells you to do in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I thank you for your word. I pray, God, that it will be, uh, this word will be impressed upon the hearts of each one. Lord, that we will, uh, that we will not only be hearers of this word, but we'll be doers of it in the name of Jesus. And through that, we'll be transformed, God, for your glory in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. I thank you today. We thank you for double. Lord, we thank you for double attendance. Lord, we thank you for double the capacity. Lord, we thank you that we have double favor in the eyes of men. Lord, we thank you that people's finances here are doubling in the Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, that they're sphere of influence is doubling <laughs> that their inventory is doubling because their sales are doubling in the name of Jesus Lord I thank you they have double favor with distributors when no one else is getting stuff delivered to them we're getting stuff delivered to us in the name of Jesus I thank you Father that you are extending your grace toward us and we're living in the we're living in the overflow in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now let's just lift our hands and thank Him right now. Oh, we thank you. We thank you. Ooh. 
listen, we're, we're, we're talking about double here. Some, some of you that have been believing God for babies, you might end up with twins this year. <laughs> double. <laughs> Glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Now listen, I'm going to turn you loose. I've already gone way long. Come back tonight. Come with expectancy. Some of you say, well, Pastor, are we going to get out early? Well, you can leave anytime you want to. But um, I, I'm not going to guarantee we're going to get out of here early. It's, and I want you to think of it this way, though. It's only a week. You're not going to die. I have never seen anyone die of tired. Never. And I've been doing this for years. And people are like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. What? I've never seen anyone die from being tired. Never. Not even me. And I've been super tired. So, um, but let's come knowing that we're going to invest. Double your investment. Double your sowing. If you, listen, if you've never been to a revival meeting, so double. So double in your attendance. So double in your participation. So double in your enthusiasm to worship God. Let's determine that we're going to tap into the flow of heaven and we're going to leave out of here transformed this week for His glory. I believe we're, we're uh, uh, going to facilitate a move of the Spirit in this house like we never have. I sense it already in the place this morning. So, uh, amen. How many of you, this word resonates in your spirit? Amen. Now, I'm not trying to chip you. Uh, I just want to get us out of here because we got to come back tonight. So, I'll, I'll probably pray for people tonight. So, I love you. I appreciate you. I thank God for you. Go in His presence. Before you leave here, love someone because you do. I will see you back here tonight, 6 p.m. Come, bring somebody with you. Listen, bring somebody with you. Bring a friend, a neighbor, a family member. Bring someone. Don't just invite them. Bring them. And let's expect the Lord to do great things in this place this week. God bless you. I'll see you tonight, 6 p.m.